the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. And he's here to say a very pleasant good afternoon to you. Welcome on board for this Thursday. May the 24th edition of Lifeline. Great to have you on board. We've got a jam-packed program for you today. We're going to be focusing on events of the future. More specifically, we're going to be talking about, in the first hour tonight, the upcoming June 5th primary coming to a mailbox or ballot box near you. Although I understand many counties this year are experimenting, including my own, with a strict mail-only election. Which, you know, given the increase in the number of people that are voting absentee, myself included, that's probably not a bad idea. So, in any event, we're going to talk about the propositions, talk about the candidates. Craig Huey, uh, editor and author of the Huey Report, will join us to talk about some of the uh, statewide candidates a little bit later on in tonight's broadcast. Also, Brian Johnston, Western Regional Director with the National Right to Life Committee, will uh, step in as well to talk a bit about some of the um, important pro-life issues that will be facing uh, voters coming Tuesday, June the 5th. So we thought a quick primer, spend some time here, and I'll first say if you are driving, taking notes may be difficult, so you can catch our podcast tonight at kfax.com along about 7.15 or so, and uh, download the podcast and take some copious notes. So I'll say first that um, some of these are just general recommendations at the end of the day, as always, I encourage voters to take the time to get educated and to make your own informed decisions. A few of these from a biblical, pro-life, conservative, fiscal conservative viewpoint will probably be largely no-brainers. Of others, eh, maybe not so. And um, in all circumstances, if it's a recommendation that I'm personally making one way or another, you can either follow the monkey or not. So with that said, let's get down to cases. Again, we'll be talking about the statewide candidates and also the trickiness of this voting cycle because of something called ranked choice voting which makes your experience at the ballot box on Tuesday, June 5th primary not as clear-cut as it used to be. And Craig Huey will break all that down for us a little bit later on when he joins us in the program. Okay, let's start with some of the propositions. Um, Statewide, there aren't that many, and uh, most of them are fairly clear-cut. Proposition 70 would give state GOP lawmakers a say in the cap-and-trade policy of the state of California by moving from the current simple majority to a two-thirds legislative vote for the cap-and-trade policy renewal. Now, what makes this particular measure important is, as you know, we have a pretty significant political imbalance in California that largely the Democrat Party has a stranglehold, my choice of words, 
on the California state legislature, making it very difficult for the other side to be heard. Now, while these days there seems to be a growing number of Republicans that wouldn't necessarily qualify in the title of fiscal conservative, but nevertheless, historically the party has been, and most Republicans, in fact, would like to see the state be fiscally conservative. And so that said, by moving from the simple majority over to a two-thirds requirement would ensure that cap-and-trade money spent in California on many high-priority programs goes to just that, high-priority programs and not legislators' pet projects. So my recommendation would be on State Proposition 70, a yes vote. Prop 71 goes to the heart of my comment earlier about the increasing number of voters who are voting by mail, convenience, all of that. Well, part of the problem, of course, is that when you vote by mail, it takes time for all of those ballots to be tallied, sometimes days after the election. There have been some cases where it was so close that, in fact, the... Results that were announced on election night had a great potential of being reversed several days later simply because all of the absentee votes had not been tallied. What this essentially will do in the form of Proposition 71 is delay an election result from taking effect until all votes are counted. And I say taking effect because many of these propositions say the day after the vote, it becomes law. So this is going to install a slight delay. That means every single vote will be counted before a declaration as to a pass or fail of any given proposition takes place. And uh, that certainly is going to guard against making sure that a measure does not take effect until after the actual total tally is in, making sure that things that go through or seemingly go through that don't really don't have to later on be undone. So again, recommending a yes vote on Proposition 71. 72, California, my goodness, we certainly all understand that this is a state that is water-starved. Proposition 72 would exempt property assessment increases for those homeowners across our state who install rainwater recovery systems. Now, this is largely viewed historically from an assessment viewpoint as an improvement to the property, therefore an increase in value, therefore, ding, 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 an increase in property taxes. Prop 72 will exempt property assessment increases for those homeowners who do this to help conserve water. So pretty straightforward on this one. Seems to be a no-brainer. A recommended yes vote on California Proposition 72. Regional Measure 3. Ouch. This is a bit of a sticky wicket, as they say across the pond in the mother country, because it would call for significant increases on every single bridge that traverses the bay from Dumbarton to the San Mateo Bridge, Oakland Bay Bridge, Carquinas Bridge, Richmond Bridge. Did I forget anybody? Golden Gate's not included because they've got their own. They're special. They've got their own special district. So <coughs> all of the state-owned and operated bridges they are proposing a increase of $3. So if you thought it was expensive to head into the city now, just wait. This, of course, is being touted as money going to transportation improvements. What's problematic about this measure is the transportation improvements are not singularly related to the bridges, but in fact are transportation improvements all across the Bay Area. The problem with this is it is a very unfair tax 
on people who happened to cross the bridge to get to work or to head home, as the case may be. And so while it's a good idea to do things to improve our deteriorating road system, and if you've traveled across, name the freeway, it's happening. They're already moving toward things like um, special toll lanes, like 680s. Well, now they're working on one on the 101. They're working on another on the 580. So before you know it, even though you've paid for these freeways through your property taxes, your gasoline taxes at all, they're going to charge you even more if you'd like to get to where you're going a little bit faster. The problem with Measure 3 is it places a burden on people that traverse the bridge. People that make a lot of money will not care. The people that are going to be hurt will be individual families who are struggling to get by who say, you know, it's only $3 a crossing, but 3 times 5 is 15 and there is another $60 a month, plus plus, over the course of a year. You're talking, what, $700 in round figures? And that's a lot of money, especially since the improvements are slated for the entire Bay Area, but only people who cross the bridges will pay for them. A little unfair? No, in my opinion, a lot unfair. And so if we're going to improve transportation around the Bay Area, let's make everybody get involved. And if I might add, to the millions of dollars that are being spent in installing bike lanes on roads all over the Bay Area, guess the one group that doesn't pay any sort of road tax at all? Bicycles. So if we all want to have improved transportation, then let's all pay our fair share. My recommendation on Regional Measure 3, a resounding no. All right, 515, we're going to get a look at traffic. When we come back, Craig Huey will join us, author of the Huey Report. We'll talk about ranked choice voting, and we'll also talk about many of the statewide elections. But right now, let's talk about Bay Area-wide traffic. Michael Bennett's got the latest from the KFAX Traffic Center. Hey, Michael. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, welcome back to the conversation. We are talking about the future, specifically your future, and Tuesday, June the 5th, California State Primary. We are, of course, in midterm elections. That means a number of uh, not only um, uh, federal offices that are up for bids, including Dianne Feinstein's seat as U.S. Senator. She'd like to get reelected and be in office until she's 90. I'll just leave that for... <laughs> you, you can draw your own conclusions from that one. And, of course, uh, many important and key statewide offices are up for election on Tuesday, June the 5th as well. One of the things that makes this year's election a little odd and, quite frankly, the deck a little stacked against those of us that are in the Republican conservative side of the equation, and that is something called ranked choice voting. We'll talk a bit about exactly what that is. Let's lead off with our conversation. Best-selling author, editor of the Huey Report, Craig Huey joins us. Craig, by the way, is publisher of the industry newsletter Direct Marketing Update. He speaks internationally at corporate boot camps, seminars, conferences, universities, frequent media commentator on such outlets as Fox News, and certainly joining us now here by radio. Craig, great to have you on the show. Craig, it's great to be on. This is going to be an interesting election year in that, and I don't know how many California voters really fully understand the impact of so-called ranked 
choice voting and what it means, particularly to a state like ours, with so much at stake, especially as it relates to the gubernatorial race. Give us some insight, if you would. Wow. You know, Craig, this is one of the most important races I've ever seen, and I've seen a lot of these elections. And most Christians are really not aware of what some of the key issues are. Uh, I've spoken probably about 40 different churches and uh, a lot of radio and TV about this election. And when I go to the churches, uh, people are just really surprised. Uh, you know, on, on the table right now for Christians has to do with issues involving Israel. Uh, it has to do with religious liberty. It has to do with things that, that have to do with abortion and the right to life. There are so many different issues at all the different levels, including the governor's race. Uh, here in California, you know, uh, we have this potential ban on the Bible. It's AB 2943 that's passed the Assembly. And we have candidates that are supporting this, this terrible legislation that destroys the First Amendment rights of Christians, of Christian counselors, Christian books, maybe even the Bible, pastors, and, and these uh, liberal progressive politicians are all for this bill, and then there's the conservatives who are taking an opposite point of view, and yet so many people in the church are sitting it out. They're not going to the poll, or they don't know how to vote, and uh, it, it really is a tragedy. It is indeed, and of course that adds this layer of confusion because those that do go might think that, well, as is traditional in any election during the primaries, the Democrats all huddle and they vote for their top guy and the Republicans do the same in all the respective parties. And then at the end, the top vote-getter from each respective party, predominantly Republican and Democrat, have a face-off come the general election in November. California, that's not the case, ranked choice voting means it's not the top Democrat and the top Republican. It's just the top two guys, whomever they may be. And in a state like California, the likelihood of that looking like two Democrats running against each other is quite strong. It's very strong. And it is the top two. Uh, right now, we're almost guaranteed that the top two will be Democrats for the U.S. Senate race. For the governor's race, there's one Republican that has been coming in number two and has the money to be able to stay in second place. But he's being undermined in an historic attempt of the most corrupt marketing and campaigning I've ever seen in my lifetime. And, and, and then we've got the church, which has the, the ability to take this election for the local candidates and the statewide candidates and really elect good people. There's some good Christians running. There's people who hold to a moral point of view. And yet we expect uh, that over half the Christians, of 14 million evangelical Christians, will not vote in this upcoming election. Wow. And that sense of laissez-faire, to what do we or can we possibly attribute that to, Craig, given the fact that, gee, many Christians, evangelicals, came out in droves for the general election just two years ago. Is it because it's an off year, it's a so-called midterm year, that is causing people to think it's not that important? Yeah, there's, there's two things about it. The first one, it's a midterm, and, and people don't pay attention to the governor's race and this kind of quiet Senate race because it's not a presidential race. 
And even in the presidential race, um, uh, I was invited back to New York uh, when Donald Trump, back in April of 2016, invites a few evangelical leaders to come back and started the 50 and then 150 and then 300 and 500. And he came out and he said, the first thing I'm going to do as president, and Franklin Graham was there, and Greg Laurie and David Jeremiah and all these pastors and radio people and megachurch leaders, one-third were against Trump, one-third were neutral, and one-third were for him. He comes out and says, the first thing I'm going to do is give pastors First Amendment rights and get rid of the Johnson Amendment so they can speak the truth from the pulpit. And everybody was shocked that he was going to save the church from this, this imposed silence of losing their tax exemption. He got a, uh, everybody stood to their feet and, and uh, applauded. And then he said, I'm going to uh, appoint a conservative to the U.S. Supreme Court. Everybody applauded. Then he said, I'm going to defund Planned Parenthood. Everybody applauded. And then he said, I'm going to move Jerusalem, uh, the capital of Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, and everybody applauded. And he went on, and he won over the evangelical leadership, and they encouraged people to get out and vote. And he got 81% of the evangelical vote. It was historic. Um, now, coming back to California, nothing was done basically in 2016 election because the, the evangelicals pretty much ignored the, the, the election. Now we have a time where our religious values and faith are under attack in Sacramento, we almost lost uh, a homeschooling in California. About a year ago, we almost lost the Christian colleges, and now we're under attack with this AB 2943 on uh, same-sex attraction and gender confusion. And that's why the pastors and the church leaders and the church have to really rise up and vote, and if they do not vote in this June election, here's what's going to happen, Craig. We're going to see the most anti-Christian state legislature in the history of the United States of any state, and it'll be a one constant battle. We're going to see uh, uh, Republicans lose in Congress in historic numbers because with two Democrats, if they, uh, two Democrats are running for governor, Republicans won't turn out to vote. And what we'll see is Nancy Pelosi becoming Speaker of the House and impeachment of President Trump. It's going to be pretty much of a nightmare. Uh, and it, the perfect storm is coming unless Christians get out and vote. And, you know, the irony is, as much as I appreciate the sense of enthusiasm that attends to the presidential campaign every four years, and while certainly we don't want to diminish the impact and power of the legislative office, I'm, I'm sorry, of the executive office of the land, but the reality is that it's not the one guy in D.C. that does everything. It's the seven, in this case of California, the 700 and other plus people that have mm -hmm. a big say-so. That's 100 out of the Senate, 435 out of the House, 50 governors. And if we include the California state legislature bringing things closer to home, there's another 120 there. So approximately 700 people end up passing the laws at the state and federal level that impact our lives. And yet we think, no, we trust all those people, though we can't name half of them. The only election we care about is the presidential one. And boy, that is a dangerous way to think. It really is. We will suffer the consequences. Uh, you know, I, I was just speaking at a Hispanic church that had over a thousand people, and I told them, 
how to vote their values. I explain, you know, what's your number one priority? Is it family? Is it education? How about the issue of life and being and saving babies from abortion? What about saving Israel? What about issues that deal with religious liberty? And when I was done talking, this group of people who most of them, over half of them, would not never vote, and out of those who did vote, they almost always voted the way the unions and, and the Democrats would say. They were coming up to me in tears, saying, I never knew that if I voted for a candidate that believes in abortion, I'm aiding abortion. I never knew that if I voted for this candidate, I'd be undermining Israel. And when they started understanding the importance, they started registering the vote, they were committed to voting uh, in order to, uh, for, for uh, candidates that held to a biblical worldview. It was transformational, and we see this with church after church. But any church that you're talking about, uh, listeners, whatever their church is, close to 40 to 50 percent of the people are not registered to vote. And then out of those, there's a good 20 or 30 percent of the people who are registered who won't go to the poll. And then we look around and we groan because we see what's going on in Sacramento. We groan because we see what's going on in Washington, D.C., and yet the church has let it happen. Yeah, the irony is we can get a crowd of 100 people together from a men's Bible study and women's fellowship and a Sunday church service to gripe about the direction that the country or the state is headed in at the drop of a hat. Come up with 100 people like that, yet ask the same 100 people to make sure that they cast their ballot on election day, and, you know, it's amazing how suddenly they find themselves just too busy to get around to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right now we have this governor's race. We have um, 20, and I think it's 26 candidates running. Out of that, uh, really, there's about five of them that are viable candidates. Uh, they have money, and they are showing up in the polls. And the leading candidate, uh, well, the, the, the Gavin Newsom is the leading candidate, He's always showing up number one. He has $26 million in the bank. Um, the second place is John Cox, a conservative, uh, born-again uh, Republican. And he has been coming in as number six. He has about $6 million. The one that's catching up fast, and it's the most corrupt thing I've ever seen, is the former mayor of Los Angeles, Antonio. He has $22.5 million. He's uh, now starting to catch up with John uh, Cox. Then you have John Chang, the treasurer and controller of California. He has about $12 million. He comes in next. And then Travis Allen comes in last. Uh, he has about $140,000 and $40,000 debt. And right now, the danger is the splitting of the vote between Travis Allen and John Cox. I know them both. I knew Travis before he became an assemblyman and know John Cox. And John, uh, because that he is number two, has got President Trump's endorsement, uh, the pro-life uh, groups, pro-life council, the conservative groups like the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association, evangelical pastors, uh, Gary Bauer and evangelical leaders, are behind John Cox right now because he, if he loses, if he becomes number three, what will happen is that it will be two Democrats, Antonio and, and, and Gavin, running against each other. And it will be devastating. And so here's, here's the most corrupt thing I've ever seen. 
Um, and this is not attacking Travis Allen uh, Craig, because I like Travis, but uh, he doesn't have a chance. So here is what Antonio is doing. Antonio is struggling to be number three, so he, uh, number two, so he can come from three to two and be on the top. He got $10 million from the Charter School Association. And the Charter School Association is working for, uh, for um, Antonio. And Antonio is sending out these mailers. Um, many of your readers have gotten them. And they're attacking John Cox with lies about George Soros, about Nancy Pelosi, about being a Democrat, about being a liberal, spending over four million pieces on two direct mail pieces against Cox, and a million dollars on a pro-Travis uh, Allen piece, because he, he wants to split that, that conservative vote. And they're doing a million dollars of what's called push phone calls. So they say, hey, Craig, did you know that John Cox is for George Soros and Nancy Pelosi? It's a terrible thing. And they talk to you and verbally try to uh, undermine the campaign. And, and if you read the fine print, it says all this marketing is coming out from uh, Antonio's campaign. And um, this is really corrupt. Uh, uh, it, I saw one mailer that says Repu official Republican voter guide. And you open it up, and there's a letter from Jim Brody, the president of the uh, California Republican Party, a donation form on page three. And then all the rest of it are check marks for Democrats, not the Republicans. Well, and the, and the 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 utter irony to all of this is, and I and I've seen at least one of the hit pieces that I think you you are referring to, Craig. And uh, clearly, by reading it, it is attempting to um, paint with a very broad brush a negative picture of John Cox and outright suggests that he is a Democrat operative, which is clearly the furthest thing from the truth. And oddly, this is not an attempt to try and boost anybody else, I think, individuals' um, response at the polling place, but to simply make sure that Californians only have two choices in November, and both of them are Democrats. Let's take a timeout. We'll dive a little bit deeper into all of this. If you've just joined us, we are talking about the June 5th primary, and it is a critical one. Every election. And, and let me be clear about this, because sometimes we pick and choose and say, really important you get out and vote this time. It's important that you get out and cast your vote every single time, no matter what is going on. General election for the presidential years, primary elections, in the midterm years, we all participate in this process of self-governance. And please stop if you're somebody that has the opinion, well, I don't vote because it's a dirty process. Politics are dirty. Well, that may be true, but we are one of the, the unique lands. We are sort of the, 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 the torchbearer of self-governance. There's no king in this country. There's no queen, even though a lot of folks were excited about watching the wedding taking place a couple of uh, a few days ago. I didn't watch it because we broke off with that outfit many years ago, so it doesn't impact me. But if we're going to be engaged in self-governance, then voting is not something that you get to do. Something is rather that you have to do. Let's take a brief time out. We'll come back to more of the conversation. A look at the June 5th primary. Craig Huey with us. Back with more right after this look at traffic. We've got Michael Bennett standing by with the latest in the KFAX Traffic Center. Michael. 
And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right. Uh, two Craigs are better than one. Proof in the pudding. Craig Huey is with us tonight. He is author and editor of the Huey Report. We are talking today about the California primary coming to a ballot box, or in the case of a few of us, the mailbox, coming Tuesday, June the 5th. This primary, as we were suggesting, Craig, before the break, is a problematic one, not only because of the confusion caused in the minds of so many voters with so-called rank choice voting, then you add the apathy of another handful of voters who say, ah, not a presidential year, so why bother? And then we look at some of the um, dirty tricks that are being played in an effort to try and even further remove choices from California voters. And this ad hominem attack on John Cox, I mean, is there any way to try to even ascertain who would be behind this that would suggest that he is a, quote, democratic activist? Oh, yeah. So let me explain this uh, to your listeners. Uh, uh, They may get this in the mail. They may get several pieces in the mail. Every mailing piece, email, and Facebook ad that you see, they are required by law to say who paid for it. And so uh, I take a look at this one and it says, uh, uh, Democratic activist John Cox, what has he been doing? Now, Craig, when John Cox, back in the 70s, was 21, he registered for the first time as a Democrat. When he was 26, he registered as a Republican. He started working with the Jack Kemp and the Ronald Reagan administration. He's been a Republican ever since. He's never been a Democrat since he registered as a Republican. He even ran against Barack Obama when Barack Obama ran for U.S. Senate, and he was a Republican candidate. And so it's a total lie and misinformation. But if you see who sent it out, it says, on the mailer, paid for by families and teachers for Antonio Villagrosa for governor for 2018. Wow. That's what it says. And then uh, all these mailers that you get, if you get the magnifying glass, you see that Antonio is sending these out, and it was this 10 to $12 million that the Charter School Association gave to Antonio to knock John Cox out of number two. And so it's these negative mailers against Cox. So the irony here, that, Craig, pardon the interruption, the irony yeah. here is that, in a sense, the former L.A. mayor is not really, in a, in a sense, feeling as if he's fighting for his life against the likes of uh, Gavin Newsom uh, or our former superintendent of public instruction, Delane Easton, but rather uh, fighting for who is the current number two person in the polls, John Cox. And so let's engage in a smear campaign to knock him out. Wow. Talk about dirty yeah. politics. Exactly. And that's what it is. So, you know, that's one of the reasons uh, I put together this, this website that shows Christians how to vote their values and exposes this type of corruption and actually gives a rating for each of the candidates. It, it, this rating is one star, hold, don't ever vote for them, two star, hold your nose, but they're better than the other, and then three star, pretty good, four star, very good, and five star, they stand on total biblical principles. And we cover that from Northern California down to San Diego for all the races, even, Craig, this is important, even the judges, the progressive left, the homosexual uh, lobby, all those are putting in over a million dollars for each of these judicial candidates that are on the ballot in June. And if they can't win at the ballot box with the legislature, they win with the judges who make law instead of interpret law. 
And, and, and so we've identified who the bad judges are and who the good judges are, and you can't find that anywhere. And so all somebody has to do is go to that website. They're in the poll. They pull up their, uh, on, on their cell phone. They can see exactly uh, from governor all the way down to city council. All the judges, all the propositions, takes away all the confusion, and it's all based upon a, uh, a, a biblical worldview. Give us the URL again. That's electionforum.com. Electionforum.com. You pull that up, and you see voter guide. You click that, then you click your county, and everything is there. So that'll help make it easy for folks because obviously there's some um, ballot propositions that are unique to a specific county. And then, of course, you've got countywide races and assembly seats and things of that sort that are unique to where Correct. you live. So, again, the URL to get more information, electionforum.com. That's election. Forum.com. And I would urge you, don't wait until the day before. A lot of people, I always laugh when I get telephone calls here at the radio station, 4.30 in the afternoon, hey, can you get Craig to go on the air tonight and talk about who he's voting for? Really, the day of? I mean, put a little bit more thought into that. I realize we're coming up on the three-day weekend, and you've got plans with the family, but maybe you can carve out a little time. Spend a little time on the Internet, get educated, so that as you are completing your absentee ballot, or for those of us, for example, in San Mateo County, we're all voting uh, by mail this year, or if you just uh, are going to go into the old-fashioned ballot box and pull the handle or punch the card or whatever you do, study it ahead of time so that as you go to vote, you make informed choices. Nothing more at risk here, nothing more at stake than the future of our republic and our state, as it always is. Craig, I sure appreciate the time and your efforts to help educate my listeners on the upcoming Tuesday primaries. Thanks again for the time. Thank you, Craig. Appreciate it. Craig Huey, author and editor of The Huey Report. Again, that URL, we'll share it again uh, throughout the program tonight, electionforum.com. That's electionforum.com. Okay, as we mentioned, and um, Craig alluded to this as well, there are a number of Uh, pro-life issues as well that need to be taken into consideration vis-a-vis candidates and where they stand on the topic. We'll get some insights coming up next with Brian Johnston, Western Regional Director with the National Right to Life Committee. We'll do that right after we do this, which of course is an update for you on traffic. 12 away from the hour, Michael Bennett's got the latest for you from the KFAX Traffic Center. Michael. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, we are back, and as we continue on our look at the June 5th primary, let's uh, now turn our sights to many of the aspects of this that are of importance, should be of importance, to pro-life people. Brian Johnston joins us, Western Regional Director with the National Right to Life Committee. Brian, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, Realizing that there are no ballot measures this year that specifically go to pro-life issues, but there are, in a sense, um, candidates every year that go to the heart of this when we have an election. So give us some insights, if you would, please, in terms of what we need to be thinking about for the June 5th primary. Critically important, Craig, that every California understand, everyone in California, their ballot is new this year. In this sense, it's the jungle primary. That means you don't vote for Republicans, don't vote for Republicans, Dems don't vote for Dems. It's just the two top vote getters that appear in the fall. In a state like California, that means it's very likely you could see two Democrats running for governor. Right now, that's not the case. 
John Cox has the lead amongst Republicans, but if there's any other Republicans that draw votes away from John Cox that guarantees that the deep state, I hate to put it this way, but I know the Democrat Party, been around a long time, it encourages massive government, and it is, in fact, there is, if you will, outside agents that make a lot of money off of massive government, the deep state, and the problem is, is there will only be those types of Democrats on the fall ballot if the Republican vote is split. Now, every voter is getting mail. I want you to read that mail, the disclaimer. And we were just talking about this today. It's now been revealed by the State Fair Political Practices Commission that billionaire, not millionaire, billionaire businessman Michael Bloomberg is promoting Travis Allen as a true conservative to Republicans, and yet he has explicitly stated it is so that there will only be two Democrats at the top. He is doing it to support Anthony Villaraigosa. This is a callous use of insider politics, and if you don't read and understand how this game is played, you'll get taken. They literally are trying to mislead conservative and pro-life voters to vote for Travis Allen just to take away votes from Mr. Cox. And this is very, very important that you read and pay attention to how politics really works. Your vote does matter, but don't let it be uh, carpetbagged and made ineffective by splitting our vote. So it's very important to read these disclaimers as they come to your mailbox. And, and certainly, and we had some conversation with Craig Huey uh, just prior, Hopefully. touching on this very same topic, Brian, that it can be very confusing mm-hmm. for voters that don't understand precisely the way our so-called rank choice voting in California works, and uh, as a result, maybe kind of sit back or think that their vote doesn't count and not realize that uh, without active participation, uh, you're right. Come November, the runoff election could very well be between two Democrats offering then Republicans and conservatives and uh, family values folks with absolutely no voting choice at all. That's right. And you need to know that that's the plan for our cultural opponents. That literally is their plan. They just want you to give up. And so any way that they can get you to do that. And, uh, again, I happen to know some Jehovah Witnesses, so I don't, I'm not mocking them. They would agree with me right now. I want you to know that they have a very bad theology, and they don't believe you should be involved in politics at all. Just They're just about going to heaven. Well, that's bad theology. That's actually wrong if you read the Scriptures, and I'm glad you had Craig Huey on. I really admire Craig. He hits a lot of topics, but he gets down to the bottom line. And the fact is, if you want to change your culture, you've got to be involved in politics. Well, moreover, it's not just an option here, Brian, because at the end of the day, we are one of the countries that has this thing called self-governance. We don't have a king or a queen here. We don't have lords over us. So we basically run the show for ourselves. So a failure to show up and vote is a failure to engage in our duties as a citizen. That's right. That's exactly right. And it's hard sometimes, I have to admit, this is a very hard situation if you haven't watched how politics works. But do dig into this. I'm not making it up. It is Inc. at the Fair Political Practices Commission. Bloomberg and some other billionaires want to make sure that California remains part of the deep state system. In some ways, Sacramento, and I talked about this in the past, the governor of Sacramento, ever since Earl Warren, 
who went on to be the U.S. Supreme Court Justice. But the governor in Sacramento isn't just important for this very important state. The governorship actually impacts the rest of the nation because of the nature of California. So there's a lot of money and a lot of behind-the-scenes, what's known as third-party influences going on. Do pay attention. Don't get jaded. I know it's hard. I know the storms and the mudslinging get hard. And and as I said, uh, I personally and we have endorsed John Cox. And I've seen some of the slanders that are thrown at him. And you realize, wow, this is politics. You need to be able to endure the storm. You know, no battle is easy. No storm is easy. And if you're not worthy of it, you'll fade and think, oh, I won't do anything. I give up. Don't give up. This is your culture. This is your state. Lives are at stake when it comes to the right to life. The laws that have been passed have saved lives. Literally, the Hyde Amendment, it's, it's really, it's been documented uh, by a gentleman at Stanford that the Hyde Amendment itself, keeping federal funds, limiting the funds going to abortion, has saved more than three million lives. Now, you don't see that directly because you don't see those babies being cut up. And so we, we dismiss the significance of those lives, but they're just as significant. You have met people that could have been aborted and weren't. The laws are hugely significant to your culture. Please don't dismiss that. And it's lawmakers that make those laws. Well, exactly right. And there again lies the whole point of self-governance, because the lawmakers are supposed to be there to represent us. And if we're not voting, if we're not engaging in that part of our our obligation and duty as a citizen, then quite frankly, the, the outcome is something that, what's the old adage? You typically get the government that you deserve. Brian Johnston, Western Regional Director with the National Right to Life Committee. Appreciate the time, my friend. And again, information, as we say, about the June 5th primary. Check it out online. That website, which I just set aside here because I've got too much stuff going on, is electionforum.com. That's electionforum.com. All right, let's get into the uh, traffic forum, shall we? I bet he's got his notes, and they're organized, too. Michael Bennett's got the latest from the KFAX Traffic Center. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 